This Off the Hazel podcast is now driven by Delari Nissan Regina. Nissan. And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kocher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The Reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hosel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 47 of Off the Hosel. I am your host and my name is Drew Koser. I'm not joined by my brother today in Troy Koser. He is out working today over time, baby. So we'll miss him this show, but uh, money's money, I guess. Anyhow, we, uh, we, ash- we actually do welcome back into the pit, the Reverend Daniel oh. H. Hagel. Koser, how's it going, man? Good, good. Things are good. Quick reminder, as always, this is a Nissan-driven podcast located on 1111 Broad Street. You know what? I have a Nissan. The Hosel crew has a Nissan. You better get one because they work well. They drive nice. Heated seats, heated steering wheel, GPS. This thing's got all the bells and whistles and all the, what do they say, the nine yards? A first down. So get on down to Nissan or Jonah today and get yourself a new Rogue or whatever you like to drive. Also, we are located now in Divot's Indoor Golf in Regina, Saskatchewan on Rochdale Boulevard. This place is bumping right now, so if you hear some people golf in the background, it's it's not me, Daniel, or Troy, or Christian, who's in behind the scenes, but people are shooting a lot of golf balls and taking a lot of mulligans, so come on down to Divot's Indoor Golf today. Play at Divot's, don't make them. <laughs> the Reverend. Deadly. So, what's, uh, well, right away, open floor topics weekend dan you've been away for a while how are things it's been a while uh what probably two weeks since i've been in the saddle but um, not much has changed just been working working lots partying lots you know how it goes coach but, just limit but, of five right what's that limit of five people yeah five people only of course follow the rules um no i haven't been up too much but i'm happy to be back in divots and how you been drew uh good Things are good. I'm very busy now, trying to just grow this thing for the boys. How's with, the hockey going? Uh, we're Coaching. all right. Team's pretty solid right now. We got two wins, one loss, and two overtime losses. We are scheduled to play tonight, as this has uh, now been dropped, the podcast, playing the Capitals. So we'll see how that goes, if whatever happens with the rules and regulations. So everyone just wear a fucking mask, right? Mask up, wear a mask, wash your hands, and uh, sanitize. Right, Rev? Yeah. Deadly. Moving on now to the PGA last week, the RSM Classic. Robert Streb wins a playoff over the Kevin Kisner. Both at 90 under par, moving to a playoff, and Strebster wins. So good event. I had to watch quite a bit of it. I liked everything about it. There's a lot of good golf, a lot of good players shooting some good scores. Um, it gives me the itch every day watching guys on TV playing in the hot sun. Uh, Dan, I'm, I'm not sure if you watch any or not, but... Thoughts? No, I haven't, I haven't got to watch any, but um, 
yeah, I'm definitely jealous of the nice weather that they're playing in compared to us. Absolutely. So now moving into two weeks off, December 3rd to the 6th in Mayacoba Golf Classic in Mexico, Riviera, Maya. Brennan Todd, the defending champ. So a couple week break here after two big weeks with the Masters just happened a week and a half ago. Um, yeah, I guess we can all kind of use the break. Not necessarily, but there's still tons of other golf going on. European tour. We got some clapping going on in the background here. People are pumped. I love it. It's a good time here at Divots. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're jamming. I love it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have too much more on the golf topic here, as because we have a sick guest on today. But before we go in to talk about our guest, let's talk a little bit about some manscaped. Oh, speaking of manscaped, Drew. Wait, I'm talking to myself. You got it. Autumn is in the air, and Manscaped is here to ensure you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming. By pumpkins, we actually mean your boys downstairs, quote-unquote, balls. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your balls. And great news, they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. Be sure to use the promo code HOSL20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Check them out today and shave those nuts. Boom! How good was that? It was unreal. That was a good job. It was deadly. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Yes. So, anything else you want to talk about, Rev, before we move on to uh, our guest uh, today? No, I think let's get into it. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, so I guess quickly here before we get him on the air, in about 15 or so minutes here, we have on Brad Britton. And everyone's like, who is that guy? Well, if you watch the movie Tin Cup, the golf movie, uh, famous actors and Kevin Costner, uh, Reina Russo, uh, Cheech Marine, some legends in this show. And it's a golf movie based on the U.S. Open, Roy McIlroy, Gary McCord's in it. Uh, sorry, not Rory McIlroy, Roy McIlroy is what I said. Uh, great golf movie, lots of good, you know, funny moments in it. Um, you know, Brad plays a big special role in this movie, and he actually consults on the movie and helps teach everyone how to play the game of golf, how to tee up a golf ball. Um, I can only imagine what this guy had to do with guys like Kevin Costner, Rainer Russo, uh, Cheech, and so many others. So, um, you know, Eric Howardchuck. Sorry there. Go on. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, lots of big names in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to have the chance to, to teach those guys. And, you know, Brad went on to, you know, He's now teaching full-time, and I believe he's working at the Gary McCord Golf Center in Scottsdale now. Uh, but we'll get into that later with him. Um, he, you know, Eric Howardchuck reached out, and he, it's actually his old college coach that um, he hooked, hooked us up for, or hooked, hooked him up with us, vice versa, whatever. Uh, should be a great show today, so I think we should send it over now to Brad Britton. Hope you guys enjoy it. Last Mountain Distillery's famous seasonal releases, cherry whiskey and hazelnut cream liqueur, now available at retailers across the province and at the distillery. Get your Christmas shopping done before they're gone. Contactless pickup available at this distillery through our website at www.lastmountaindistillery.com. Alrighty, we're very excited to join us today from Spokane, Washington, but currently resides in Scottsdale, Arizona. Longtime pro, golf caddy, pro golfer, and teacher of the game, and played a big role in the iconic movie Tin Cup. We're pleased to welcome in Brad Britton. Thanks for joining the podcast today, Brad. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that. I can't wait. I'm going to have fun. Love it. So, Brad, as we always do, we like to back things up here. 
like, what's a young Brad Britton doing in uh, Spokane, Washington, as a youngster? Oh, hey, you know, actually, don't laugh. I did play hockey at one time. <laughs> you know, we weren't far. We weren't far from the Canadian border, and uh, we. Had, I think at the time there were Spokane Jets who won the Allen Cup. I was. Uh, I used to go to all their games, and in the summer, we we played golf. We had some fantastic public golf courses. Um, uh, one called Indian Canyon, where actually um, Byron Nelson won a tournament in 1944. I think it was part of his 11 in a row streak that he had. Wow, that's nuts. Yes, yeah, so it was a great great town to grow up in. <laughs> Well, uh, that goes into my next question here. You mentioned you played some golf. Uh, when did you get into the game of golf, and you know when did it really become a, become a thing? Uh, I had a, uh, my best friend uh, was a big golfer, one of the best in the state, uh, and I lived across the street from a park. And he just said, "Come on out. I'm going to show you uh, show you a couple things." And I believe I was I was uh, probably seventh grade. At the time, um, yeah, so that's how I picked up golf. And, you know, like any kid, we'd ride like eight miles on our bike, sitting on our golf bag, and spend all day at the golf course. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, it was great. Well, so then, obviously, you played at a young age. When did, like, you know, competitive golf for you become a thing? Because I know when I started playing, I was, my first tournament, I was 12. I shot 131. And then I was like 137 at 13, and then I started to really turn on the Jets. I just want to know when uh, Brad uh, started playing uh, some junior golf and amateur golf. Oh, you know, uh, I played a lot of tournaments. Um, you know, I think, what was my first round? I think I shot 94 my first time I played golf. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I wasn't that serious uh, in high school. They actually, I had the worst temper in the world. My Actually, my high school team took a vote whether to keep me on the team or not because I was so bad. Really? <laughs> I, <had> such, I, <laughs> I was like three under going into seven and went triple-double bogey and, uh, or no, triple-double and walked off the golf course on number nine in a match. <laughs> and everyone was, the coach was going crazy with me. And um, yeah, I was pretty bad. I was pretty bad. But uh, I played two years in college, a local college in Spokane, and then uh, I just decided I'm moving to L.A., and I packed everything up, and four days later, I was in Los Angeles. Didn't know anyone, didn't, nothing. So, but, and then down there, I think I turned pro at 20 years a year old. Yeah, and I finished third in my first professional event uh made more money than jack did in his first <laughs> professional event <laughs> so at 20 you're down in los angeles now it's yeah perfect runs right into my next question here your first taste of professional golf you just finished third you made more money than jack where was that event and what was that experience that like Oh, it was uh, it was the Golden State Tour, which is still going on today. It's pretty amazing, and it was at Redlands Country Club, which is a famous, famous old, old uh, golf course. The town is Redlands. It's it's kind of you pass through it out on the way to Palm Springs. 
yeah, so uh, I played on that tour for a while, and uh, you know, and then uh, I progressed to. Geez, I out of the blue, I took off to Europe. You know, I uh, it's, I'm I'm a little impulsive. I uh, I had uh, twenty five hundred dollars, and my girlfriend and I literally, I swear to God, we just closed my eyes and touched the globe and wherever it touched in Europe that's where we were going to fly to and it was Germany so I flew into Germany bought a car for a thousand dollars which you can imagine is not a very nice car <laughs> and uh had 1500 bucks 1400 bucks and I told her I said these first two tournaments in uh Switzerland if I don't play well we have to come home wow and uh yeah it's crazy I don't know I I don't know if it's having guts or, or stupidity or both but i i finished fourth and won the two-day pro-am and, and pro-ams were a big deal in europe because uh, it's still a yeah you know the game is still for people with a lot of money in europe versus the united states so pro-ams were a big deal so i think right my first week i made like twenty thousand. so uh i left june 4th and I came home December 24th. Wow. And, uh, that's but, you know, that's how that turned out. It was crazy. I, I got, we slept in our car in Lo in Rome in one tournament. Can you imagine that with a girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have Pretty to know good in that guy. car though. <laughs> yeah. Really classy guy. You want to hang with me. <laughs> we got it. We found the campground and parked my piece of crap car in the campground and slept there. Wow, that's uh. So you guys, you actually like just spun the globe and just said, "Boom, that's where we're going." Yeah, that's exactly right. That uh, takes balls. <laughs> like wow. Yeah, it it was uh, it was crazy. Yeah, you know, imagine. Well, you guys are too young. Imagine where you're traveling in Europe on looking at a map. You know, like what did they call those, those books? Uh, you know, trying to and, and they're in a foreign language and all this stuff. It was uh, it was tough, but great time um played played pretty well so uh and then i went back to europe quite a few times and played all around the world actually i think 26 countries i played in so wow you know sometimes you gotta go for it right yeah no kidding that's uh literally taking the bull by the horns and going for it i love it um <laughs> <laughs> well yeah there's a lot of horrible stories too, <laughs> pretty bad ones <laughs> Well, I was in a. We'll, we'll talk about some more, you know, European golf a little later on here. But I know everyone is pretty pumped, uh, and obviously the reason why that well, not the reason why you're on the show, but you play a big part. You know, I'm just asking a question here. Let's move into what everyone's curious to know about your big role in a great movie in Tin Cup. I mean, I don't even know where to start. Let's start off with, you know, you got selected to be the teacher for the crew. Let's let's talk um, how 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 that well, went about. Well, McCord. Uh, you know, I was with Gary a long time. We began, uh, I met Gary through uh, Mac O'Grady, and we hit it off well. And a few years passed, I'm caddying for him. I play with him a lot. But uh, he just says, hey, they're making this movie. And I, I said, you should call this guy. I think he could do a good job. And that was it. I had to... I had to fly to LA to interview with um, the producer and the director, I believe, and the writer. 
And um, anyway, they chose me. Um, you know, they were, it was interesting. They were talking and asking me questions and then they'd talk among themselves. And I just, uh, you know, I, I can't remember the details too much, but I did look at them. I go, look, I don't give a damn about actors. I don't care how famous they are. I could care less. I go, most of them are kind of arrogant and I don't care. doesn't bother me at all. And that actually, I think, swayed them more than my golf skills because they didn't want anyone who was enamored with a, you know, your jaw drop meeting these people. I personally, I care less. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's how it turned out. And um, I spent three months uh, shooting in Arizona and Houston. And uh, yeah, it, that's how I got that job. Well, so, I mean, cool. you, yeah, no kidding. I mean, you mentioned it perfectly. A lot of those, I mean, I don't know a lot of them, but I can only imagine that some of them have different lifestyles and different personalities. Um, you know, what was it like getting to work with some of the best actors? I mean, I mean you know, Kevin Costner, um, Rena Russo, Cheech Marine, Gary McCord. I mean, like, yeah. let, let, let's just walk us through uh, some of those experiences. Well, you know, interesting. With Kevin, uh, I was down at uh, a resort in Tucson waiting for him, and they wanted me to just get comfortable with him. They said, hey, just, you know, first two, three days, just go out and play golf, have a beer. And uh, we'll go from there. Now, Gary and I think Peter Costas um, met him at some tour event and helped him, started him on the range and stuff. But so I didn't really know how far he advanced he was, if any. So we get to the first tee. I said, hey, why don't you just pull out your three wood? And we'll start with that, and, and we'll just play and have a good time. And he's looking in, into his bag, and he can't, he's like, can't find it. I go, is there a problem? And he goes, well, there's no woods in here. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, you said a three wood, but I don't see anything <laughs> made of wood. And I went, holy crap. You didn't know that. I'm like, uh, well, yeah, they're made out of steel, but we call them three woods. That was the beginning. It was, it was hilarious. And he didn't know how to put on a glove, and he didn't know how to put it, take it off and put it in his pocket. And he didn't know how to tee a ball up. He squatted down on the ground and used two hands to put the tee in the ground. So that was our first lesson. Oh, boy. Tee a ball up. I'm <laughs> serious, man. I was like, wow, we got a long way to go because they start shooting in three weeks. <laughs> so I was like, okay, the glove go. You know I'm jumping ahead slightly, but if you ever saw the movie, he wore a vest and he tucked the vest in to his pants. I said, no one tucks a vest into your pants, man. Can't do that. But he did it anyway. So, <laughs> so but, uh, he was brilliant though. I mean, the guy, the guy was brilliant. He was, he played uh, college baseball, but the way he could uh, copy, like one time, uh, I think it was actually the first day and there was this, uh, this golf course had these huge undulated greens with like eight foot elevation drops. And, uh, so I'm trying to teach him how to hit a lob up and onto the green. And I start going through the verbiage and he goes, no, 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 no. And he goes, just hit me some shots here, here, here's four balls. Just hit the ball. So I hit four flop shots and he just got up and flopped it. In fact, 
he hit it closer than I did. He hit it like two feet. Wow. He, That's he could uh, copy. Man, could he copy anything. This guy was brilliant. He really was brilliant. So, uh, uh, let's see. I'll go through the cat. Rene Russo never played golf before. Uh, I had to help her do some stuff. She was really cute. She was actually really funny. I'll make it quick. But I was behind the camera guys filming them film, right? And they were, and she was hitting balls on the range, like at the beginning of the movie. And she hit a they're hitting plastic balls because she's hitting them right at it. Yeah, yeah. The camera guys. And she nailed me right in the groin with one. I knocked me to my knees. But <laughs> <laughs> I got it all on tape, too. It's hilarious. That's uh, awesome. Don Johnson was a six handicap. So he played a lot of golf. So he was easy to work with. And then Cheech Marin. Um, the dude was so cool and such a neat guy. He was really easy to work with. And he, he too was a, a brilliant, they're all brilliant. Those kind of people, no matter if you like them or not in acting, they're brilliant. It was just, they were, they were just crazy brilliant. So absolutely. It, yeah. Well, I was just going to ask too. people oh. with a lot of talent. Yeah, for sure. Well, I was just going to say, like, was there ever a time, you know, especially with Kevin or, you know, uh, Raina, like, was there ever a time that you were just frustrated with them? Like, you know, like, like they, maybe they can't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was very tough, very tough on me. He asked me to hit some kind of shot one time, and he goes, the first two I didn't pull it off, and he looked at me. He got in front of me between the fairway and me, and he looked at me, and he goes, if you don't hit this the way I want you to, I'll never listen to you the rest of this time. <laughs> really? Like, okay. Wow. Oh shit. <laughs> he was tough. Yeah. He was uh Yeah, it was a lot of pressure. Um the coolest quick story, coolest thing was there was a scene where he had uh, he hit a ball with a he was in a gambling uh where he was gambling against this other guy for his car and he hit a baseball bat. Uh, he had a baseball bat, he had a shovel and he uh, he putted like a cue stick kind of thing. And then he had to hit a bunker shot and it, they, it was with a hoe, you know, gardening hoe. And I'm like, what the hell? And McCord was in Denver, Colorado. He calls me, he goes, okay, we want to do it. Like he's scooping it out, like with a long putter kind of setup back in the old days, a long putter. And so I had a, I had a, a torch and was bending the hoe to somehow put bounce on it and he comes over they're filming the scene he comes over he had 45 seconds to learn what i taught him (laughs) because the light the light was going down it was late afternoon and i found out later it was sixty two thousand dollars an hour to film and i'm sure it's a hell of a lot more nowadays what so oh my god so if they didn't get this scene they would have to come back and do it and they were stressed, really like uptight stressed to get this scene done. And he tried three, four times and he couldn't do it. And he was cussing like he'd never heard anyone cuss. And the director goes, Kevin, we got you. We got to shoot it now. We got to shoot it now. There's no light. Uh, he walks over, does his lines, gets into the bunker, hits it like six inches. Really? Holy. Oh, from the pit. From the pit. <laughs> Almost judged it. I mean, it was like. <laughs> Everyone, it was like uh, your home team scored a 
touchdown to win a football game. It yeah. was crazy. <laughs> the guy's he's a gamer. That's what he is. He, he's a gamer, that guy. So so would you say uh, now he's a better player now? Like, like, can he, like, can he go play on his own? I heard that he was about a three. Three handicap. Wow. Three, four handicap. That doesn't surprise me. I would take all the credit if I were you. Brad Britton, Kevin no, Costner, now player. No. <laughs> no, I don't take any credit at all. McCord helped him a lot, and you know, he, I'm sure he got a lot of work in LA where he lived. But uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure on a, certain things, you know. Absolutely. But um, yeah. well, Brad, I want to move in now to like I've watched it, this movie multiple times. I've watched the scene lately too, just to get some more stuff here, and never really picked up on it, but. You were the guy hitting the shots in the quote-unquote seven-iron last in the bag scene. Care to elaborate on that? Yeah. Yeah, I was, if they're called second unit shots. They were out filming something else, and I had to put on his clothes and putt and chip and whatever else. But uh, I think I tried, like, see, there was a, there was a big 25, 28-footer that had five feet of break. That took me... 27 takes to make that with a with with the um, with the seven iron, yeah. <laughs> I finally <laughs> finally made it. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, the crazy thing was, is there was a buried uh, we call a fried egg in the bunker. Oh yeah. And I had to. You'll watch it in the film. I had to make that and out of the bunker. Now I the camera. And the crew were sitting right on the edge of the bunker, shooting from six feet away from me. And I had to somehow get a fried egg with a seven iron over their head. It's nearly impossible. And the guy comes up to me and he goes, look, if you hit us, you know, we can go get our nose fixed. He goes, but this is an $85,000 lens. Do not hit the lens on this camera. <laughs> I'm going, are you kidding me? I mean, you don't even, they don't play golf. I go, do you know, this this shot probably will not even get out of the bunker. And I, I have, I must have prayed or something, but <laughs> first shot, perfect little lob right over the top of their heads. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Those are out. hard shots. Fried eggs. I, I, I look yeah. for my quick boat and get off the green if I can on any of those uh, greenside fried eggs. Those are no fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So... There's some good times, uh, it was, but filmmaking is very boring. <laughs> well, very boring. You know, <laughs> hurry up and wait. No kidding. Well, I mean, also, I believe you won a Screen Actors Guild card, and you were chatting for the U.S. Open winner in the movie. Let, let, let's chat about that. Yeah, I caddied for, uh, you know, the guys in the cast said, well, I mean, it's not a big deal, but that was getting paid really well. And they said you should get your Screen Actors Guard card because you'll get uh, you'll get checks as long as that movie plays on TV. I get checks residuals, four yeah. times a year. Residuals, right? And uh, I got I was lucky to do that. But uh, Peter Jacobson, who's from Oregon, wins the U.S. Open. Uh, he won probably seven, eight, ten events on tour. He's a good player. And I knew him because of our junior golf days. He's a little older than me, but he was from Oregon. I was from Washington. So, uh, but the funny thing was, is I had my choice. You know, I think who did I want to caddy for? And I, Don Johnson or 
Jacobson, and I picked Jacobson because he wins on the, in the script. He wins the U.S. Open, but that was pretty stupid of me because <laughs> uh, obviously Don Johnson's on camera a lot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was cool. Don Johnson was a cool guy too. He was he was a pretty good guy. Well, Brett, I wanted to but ask. Way oops, too old for you, man. <laughs> Well, I, I am 25 now. My quarter was at the same quarter century of my life. Oh my god! I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Brad, I, I have to ask you. Oh, you're still going. You're, I love it. Keep going. Well, I was just I was just going to say the set for anyone out there, older people. The set there was no set. They built by hand that entire driving range, and. Uh, it was intact. It wasn't like a fake wall, you know, kind of like a, in, a, in a movie set. They built a driving range and planted somewhat of a, they planted the tea grass and there was a general, there was the um, Kevin Costner's office had, had lockers and shoes with, I'm not kidding you out there, smelly socks in his shoes they smelled like someone walked in <laughs> they were it was so perfect it was unreal uh, it was amazing and then they just tore the whole thing out when it was over it was, really? and the remember the uh volkswagen yeah, yeah. In the movie yep okay they were going to put a cushman cart and i said you can't do that you've got to get a volkswagen beetle level oh beat up beetle beetle because that's <laughs> old ranges the beetles run forever so they, they went out that day and they found a college kid at U of A campus who had a 68 Volkswagen Beetle and they go, we want to buy your car. And he goes, no, I just had it painted. And they go, we'll give you $4,000 for it. And he goes, okay. <laughs> so, so that night, I know I'm talking too much. No, 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 it's perfect. We love this. We love it. They pulled that Beetle. I go, now, I said, guys, this is part of the consulting stuff. They don't think about this. I said, this thing picks balls. People hitting balls. This thing has to be dented all over the place. So from like 20 yards away, there were six or seven of us with four irons in a bucket of balls. And we just beat the living crap out of that car. <laughs> we broke the windows. We broke the headlights. It was, it was great. <laughs> hey, I have to ask. The, the scene yeah. where they pay, and he goes, I'll, I'll bet you $1,000. I'll hit my seven iron farther than you. What's that actor's name? And what a veteran move by that guy to just bomb one down the runway. Oh, uh, the, uh, well, uh, let's see, Kevin. And, um, uh, yeah, I Kevin hits the shot, the first seven iron, and then the guy in the suit, he's like, you might want to take off your suit for this one. And he's like, no, no, no. And then he just rips a seven yeah, iron down Don, the. Don Johnson. That's Don Johnson. Don okay. Johnson. That's why I'm 25. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, and what happened is, they, well, there was a guy, a tech guy, had a, um, well, anyway, he had a thing that could shoot a golf ball 500 yards, or it could dribble, it was like a vacuum thing with a long steel hose, and it would shoot golf balls, and they used that on that scene, and they also used that on the scene of the white picket fence at the U.S. Open, where he was shanking the ball. Oh, yeah. It kind of looked a little phony, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, hey, it's movies. So, so would you yeah. say Kevin has a gambling problem, <laughs> like he does in the movie? He gambles a ton in that movie. Would Kevin have what? Like an actual, not problem. Sorry, we'll say gambling, like like lots on the golf course. If he played now. Oh no, I don't know. I you know, 
I don't think so. <laughs> but that, that was pretty funny. Uh, that was a pretty funny scene. Um, I got to drive that old Cadillac around for a few days. Really? But, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, there was some fun stuff. There was some crazy stuff that happened on the movie. But, oh, well, you remember the scene with the pelican? Yeah. In the, in the bar scene, right? When Gary when McCord's calling it, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool because they uh, they had a trained pelican, and then they drilled a hole in the pylon and put the ball in there. And then they used that, that guy's thing that shoots golf balls that he invented. And then they had a whistle, and he trained the pelican to go off at the same time as they blew the ball out of the pylon and yada, yada. It was uh, kind well, of a fun thing. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, probably better acting and, and choreography than, uh, than Finding Nemo with those pelicans, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was fun. But like I said, there were a lot of times where I just went and hit golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> so boring. Absolutely. But, yeah. Well, Brad, I, I want to ask about Gary McCord. You caddied six years. Oh, sorry, I might have ordered this wrong here. Six years for him in the CBS Golf and PGA Tour. Um, obviously, yeah. that, that was Gary McCord. Um, you know, you learned so much from him. You know, you said maybe off the air, you mentioned what it takes to be such, such a successful tour pro. Also, might have some funny stories at the Las Vegas tournament. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, really quick, you know, I just, Caddy, Gary was towards his end of his career, and he'd only play like 10 events, 12 events a year, which was perfect for me because I didn't like caddying that much. I'd rather play. But we had some great, great, I learned so much uh, watching these players. And uh, I remember Payne Stewart was in our one of the first tournaments I caddied. And he skulls a chip shot in across the green into a hazard and drops on the other side. He makes triple. And I went, I, I kind of said something like, well, he's screwed for the day. McCord goes, I'll bet you 20 bucks he shoots 68 or better. I said, you're on. <laughs> he shot 67. So, wow. but all the great players, um, uh, you're pretty young, but Steve Elkington, an Australian guy, uh, one of, he won the PGA at Riviera, uh, won quite a few events. He was the best iron player even to this day I've ever seen in my life. And uh, he was good friends with Gary. And uh, so to hang with these guys, I mean, I might be sitting there and they go, come on, Brad, grab a club. We're going to chip for money. And it would be like five of the big name tour pros. And I would just watch them and then they would help me here and there. And you just yeah. learn so much. But but uh, I learned a lot as far as teaching golf pros. There's like two things that I would recommend for golf pros, but that I learned off tour. But let's see the Las Vegas story. Um, Gary played so long on tour, he knew the golf courses like back of his mind. It was no big deal. So he goes, it was Tuesday afternoon at 3 o'clock we got in. He goes, I'm not playing. I'm just going to practice, and then you can take the clubs back to the room. I said, cool. So Gary uh, was hitting balls, and he takes a break, goes up into the clubhouse, and I'm on the mini tours. I don't get, I don't get anything free back then. It's like, you don't get <laughs> <Yeah>. anything. <laughs> and so 
So I went up to the back then. They had the brand new balls on the range, brand new tires in those green baskets, those ninety ball green buckets. That you yeah, see yeah. On the driving range and normal. So I grabbed three of them, and I took one of them, and I'm looking around. There's no one watching. So I unzip Gary's big side zipper on his tour bag, and I dumped those 90 tires into the bag. <laughs> I got, hey, I just, you know, I'm like, dude, I don't get free balls. Save so, 60 bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, 90 balls is a lot. True. So so we're hitting balls and stuff. He's hitting balls, and then Elkington shows up. And Gary's nickname is Magic because he's a magician. He can do stuff like that. So he goes, come on, Magic. He goes, let's go play nine. And I just about had a heart attack hearing that. And Gary goes, no, 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 I'm just going to practice. That's cool. He goes, come on, 20 a hole, automatic two, automatic one downs, and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, okay, let's do it. I'm, oh, crap. I get it, carried a tour bag with 90 balls in the side compartment. So last hole, ninth, it was the 18th hole. He played back nine. His second shot, Gary's second shot, rolls into the hazard. There's a lake right in front of the green, and half the ball's out. So he decides to play it because all the money's on that. So I set the, I'm holding the bag by the pond, and Gary goes, Hey, Brad, go up there and move the rake off the side of that bunker. So I walk up there, and as I walk up to it, I hear him stand the bag up. And I turn around. I felt like I was in slow motion. I went, "Oh my God!" He was gonna get on his his waterproof pants, so because he's gonna step into the lake, he's yeah. shot. And as he did that, all 90 balls poured out of his bag into the water. And he he's brutal. It, he can needle. He can kill you, man. He can kill you. He started calling me a derelict and mini tour loser. <laughs> he goes, Elk, you got to get over here. Check out what my derelict freaking caddy just did. He's stealing balls from the PGA Tour. <laughs> and they both killed me and told everybody, and everyone gave me crap. Oh, it was so bad. And so. That's one of the screw-up stories I've had on tour. I've had a couple dandies on tour where I've messed up as a caddy, so it happens. I love it. All righty, Brad, let's chat about uh, Mac O'Grady, how you guys met, and how is he as a ball striker and as a person? Ah, uh, I met Mac. He... Mac worked at the back of the uh, range, or he t hit balls and taught at the back of the range where I was working in Palm Springs. And one day, Mac comes up to me, and he said, do you know Gary McCord? I say, I know of him. And he said, well, we're going to go do an outing, corporate outing, with McCord, me, and Johnny Bench. And the caddy, or the famous catcher for the Cincinnati Reds. And so McCord picked me and we were on a par three and he set up two lounge chairs. He gave me a Hawaiian shirt and some cigars to put on. And we, we drank beer all day long as each group came through. <laughs> so funny. And that's how I met Gary. And, uh, and then 
so Gary and Mac and I would play and hit a lot of balls, um, but it took some time. Mac, if if you asked Mac for help and he didn't, and he might know you working there, but he never asked you to join him, he'll never talk to you again. You could never ask Mac for any help. Really? He had to invite you. He was really particular. He, he just was he an guy. asshole or what? Uh, yes, he, he, he would put you on probation, and you weren't allowed to say his name, swing his way, uh, mention the name of his, his teachings, and it was crazy. You weren't allowed to talk to him or even look at him for 30 days. <laughs> well, this is my podcast there, Brad, and you say Mac O'Grady all I want on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the first, the first time where, I, where he invited me, it was dark. It was well. It was the end. It was dusk. Everyone was la- everyone left. We were up on this area, and the ki- the range guy just came up. So there was a bunch of big garbage cans full of balls, and Mac was talking to one of the guys. He's a good friend of mine, and he wanted to show Sandy about uh, leaning the shaft, little Dorsey flex, a little lean the shaft. So it's dark now. And 110 yards away was a was a uh, little bathroom near 10T, and it's yeah. dark. It's freaking dark with a little security light. And Mac goes, "Here, let me show you." And he takes my buddy's three wood out, lays it on a ball on the cement, and from 110 yards away, he goes, "Watch, see that door? Watch this." And he hits a knockdown stinger that just blew a hole in the door of the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> he starts laughing. He laughs like a hyena. He thought that was the funniest thing ever. So he puts another ball down and does it again. So I'm so going, this is the greatest shot I've ever seen. But at the same time, I'm going, how, who's going to tell the head pro tomorrow what the hell happened? But that's how he is. He's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, but he, he was an incredible ball striker and what he could do with his body control his body he was 30 years ahead of his time he uh have you ever read the book the golf machine or seen it uh i have not brad sorry okay all the pros you know no it's a a guy who worked for an engineer who worked for boeing aircraft company the guy never played golf but wrote a book called the golf machine is that crazy or what? What a weirdo. Uh, but that was the... And then Mac went to UCLA and uh, Southern Cal- University of Southern California and worked with engineers and talked about the golf swing and talked about what he learned from this book. And that's how Mac got started in all this. Way ahead of his time. But he, if you can imagine... He could. He would put me a foot off his left hip, standing right hip to hip, but a foot away. He would take a four iron and hit it 220 yards, and his follow through, he could stop with his body, without hitting me. Wow! You can imagine that's that. nuts. I'm standing right in where his fall, and he would hit a four iron, and his body would control his arms, which would control the club. Uh, the guy just would blow me away, and he. He also played, he taught himself left-handed what he knew, 
uh, and there's a golf course in Palm Springs where he shot 61 right-handed and 63 left-handed. Owns the course records. <laughs> With both hands. Well, I guess. Well. But, wow. But he, he was brilliant, but, boy, he... Uh, he was crazy. He got fired, for, or, uh, kicked out of so many golf courses because um, I had moved to Indian Wells Country Club, very posh club, and the head pro was out of town. It was middle of summer. He showed up, and Mac had his car on the driving range, doors open, in little running shorts with no shirt, no shoes, playing music and hitting golf balls. Wow. <laughs> on the front tee, and it's a members' course. <laughs> so, that's what I mean. Mac was uh, Mac was crazy guy, but incredibly talented. Um, and and that's what what they're learning today. Uh, a lot of guys are. It's basically what Mac came up with back in the eighties, mid eighties. So wow, that's. Uh... Crazy. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Cool stories, and I definitely won't be bringing my vehicle onto the first tee or the range, uh, Blender and Tunes, but um, that's why I'm an amateur. So, <laughs> What's uh, your handicap? I'm a plus one. Oh, you are? Wow, good for you. <laughs> Thanks, you sound really good surprised there. I appreciate it. <laughs> you, can, you can spot how a chuck. Spot how a chuck like three shots. You'll take care of them. <laughs> I hope he's listening. Oh, he, he's, he's actually pretty fired up. He thought it launched last week. He's pretty excited for this one. So, um, yeah. Yeah. He's pumped. Well, quickly here, Brett, I want to jump into your, you know, your playing days. We talked off the top a little bit. But, I mean, example, you played in South Africa, Latin America, Europe. Like, let's talk about some of the places you've been to play, some of the courses, some of the people you played with. Let's, let's get into the fun stuff here. Oh, well... Let's see. Uh, oh, well, they're all fun to go. Uh, many, uh, many tours, there's a lot of loons on many tours. There's a lot of guys that really should be in hospitals that play mini tour golf. Uh, you know, I've seen the craziest things. I, I'm sure everyone can say this, but uh, I loved... Everywhere I played, uh, there were some scary, scary times, obviously, in some areas. Um, like my very, very first day in South America, uh, I was the first one to get to the course in a practice round. And I checked in and grabbed my clubs. I didn't even get a caddy yet. I grabbed my clubs. I'm walking down the range, and, and there's a guy... I hear this noise behind me. I look back, and there's a guy carrying a machine gun and a guy carrying a shotgun <laughs> following me to the driving range. This is in Heads uh, up. Ecuador, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, scared to hell. And they, I find out that there's, there's guys who come out and rob you on the golf course at gunpoint. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> if you don't worry about the snakes, that'll kill you. you got to worry about that crap. But... Uh, you know, uh, it's, let's see, uh, crazy things in South America happened. Uh, um, I, you know, but the golf courses were great. And the, I tell you what, the, the Argentine guys could play some golf. Great short games. 
And back then, the tours in Europe didn't start early. They started in March. So a lot of really good players came over and played some of the big events in South America. Uh, you know, and there was one event at the Jockey Club in Buenos Aires that I, IMG, the big famous agency, uh, ran. Hell, there was 60 pros from the United States. All the top names were there. Uh I think it was called Argentine. It was the Argentine Open. So there's some great golf down there. And, uh, geez, when I was in South Africa, geez, Daly was there. Lehman was there. I mean, you guys are too young to know half of them. But no, no, no. I could hey, probably name what, seven or eight guys. What was John Daly like? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was hitting golf balls. First, he hit it through the window of his room. And then he opened up his, uh, oh, my God, he was crazy. He was drinking, uh, guys were telling me he was drinking a whole uh, bottle of J.D. a day. <laughs> he was crazy. What? He was so talented. Oh, my God. Amazing. Wow. But, uh, he was crazy. But, jeez, um, uh, South, South Africa was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Um, I was homeless in South Africa. Three nights. I lived in a laundry room. Uh, so there's a mini tour for you. So. Hey, Brad. I question guess, for you. Yeah. So I cut you off there. So one of the one of the guys that works in our studio here at Divots Indoor Golf, he asked. He's he's a he's a probably a plus plus three point five. Sorry. Oh, you got me there. Yeah. Go ahead. Say that again. So he's probably at a plus three handicap, and he wants to know yeah. what's your handicap. What's my handicap? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Heck, I'm a pro. I don't keep a handicap. Okay. But we would we would battle it out pretty good. Okay, so let's just say, what would you say your handicap would be? Like, or what would you say you shoot on a regular basis? What would I shoot, like on an average day? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it depends uh, on the money. I don't know. You know, you can tell how a chuck my putting has got a lot better. I shot, uh, I hadn't played in six weeks because I was injured and I went out and shot uh, 71 a while back. But I I don't know. Okay. You know, I've been hurt for almost two months. Okay, well, here's the question, though. So Noah Kozak, he's about a plus three handicap, I'd say. He wants 100 a side. Would you take him on? And I'm the caddy for him. Uh, Where are we playing? Oh. Good question. Okay, not in. Well, I tell you what, I'm a, I'm, I'm a plus. I'm a, I'm a negative two. I'm a two handicap, so he has to give me five shots. Sure, I'll take that bet. <laughs> All right, Noah will give you five shots, and uh, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. yeah. I love I'll it. I'll take that bet. I, I'm a two, so he's a plus three. You can get, I get five shots. <laughs> I love it. Um, what? Well, at least he says he's. At least he doesn't say he's a three when he's really a plus three. Oh yeah, he knows. I he, don't. I never gamble against amateurs because I never know what their handicaps really are. Well, he's a legit. He's a good player. He's a he's a college player, good, good golfer, plus three. So he beats me more times well, than not. That's. Well, he's close, right? A couple more shots. Yeah. Got to be about a plus five out there. Yeah, he uh, he he hits the try. ball angry, like three forty, consistent. So. 
tell her to learn how to flight your flight your irons and get your distance control down, and he'll light you. Oh, definitely. That's that's the biggest thing I learned on tour. Was and that's what I, I teach mini tour guys is you got to learn how to flight different flights your irons, and you got to know get your distances down real tight from like six iron down to wedge. If you can't do that, you're not going to play very well. Absolutely. All right, Brad. Uh, based on tour scores, you know. Yeah, exactly. But I got to want to hear a, a great story from South America. Absolutely, I do. I'll tell you a quick story. So I'm not playing very well. And a buddy of mine from Scotland uh, says, hey, I, I know I have a, a system. He goes, you got to do it. You got to do it. And what he does is he drinks. <laughs> he gets drunk before he plays. <laughs> I said, Sandy, I'm not doing that. And then I play the next event. I'm playing like crap. I said, okay, all right, I'll do this. So he goes, okay, okay. He goes, uh, before we go out to the golf course in round one, I think we were in Rosario, Argentina. He goes, we got to go to the club and find a private place so we can do my routine. So I find this door. It leads us up to the top of the roof of overlooking 18 green and the grandstands. And we're like, oh, this is perfect. So we both have around 12 o'clock tea times, first round. And I, he stuffs eight beers into his case. He's got headphones, a book on meditation, and, uh, <laughs> and, he, and he, brings, he brings incense with him. So... Here we are, if you can imagine, sitting on a roof right above the 18 green and grandstands, and we get there an hour and a half early, and we are got headphones on, and we're reading a book on meditation or Tai Chi or something, and we're, we're chanting and, and burning incense. <laughs> so so he, goes, he goes, he hits me, because I got the headphones on, okay, he goes, hey, we got 12 minutes before we tee it up. And I'm like freaking out. He goes, no, no, no. I said, I need to hit balls. He goes, you don't hit balls. He goes, we're going to power chug our beers. So he power chugged <laughs> eight beers. I power chugged the four beers. I'm a lightweight, too. I don't drink much. So That's four me. beers for me. Holy crap. <laughs> so I'm, it's literally seven minutes before we tee it up. By the time we put our stuff in the locker, we go right to the tee. And he goes, now, don't look at anyone in the eye because they'll smell your breath. So just grab your card, put it in your pocket, and go hit. I was, I was in third place after two rounds. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And this was a three-round event. So we're on the roof meditating and all this crap. It's, I didn't even know how to meditate. And uh, next thing I know, I'm, I'm in third. And then the last round, I chickened out. I go, I can't do this. I can't do this. And uh, I shoot 77. Oh boy, a couple of hockey sticks. <laughs> yeah. but, but my buddy, he was leading a big event with car with a lot of big time tour pros, and he comes up to me and he goes, "I think they're on to me. I think they know I'm drinking." He goes, "Here, take my flask." And so he's leading. He hit, on number five. He goes, or on number three, he goes, "All right, on number five, I want you to go." I want you to go way out, like 30 yards out into the right rough. And I, I said, why? He goes, just do it. So here comes his drive bouncing through the rough, and he comes in, and he goes, you got your flask? I said, yeah. And he goes, here, pour it in my 
port my Diet Coke. <laughs> That's a better like move. Emptied like, a, like freaking five shots into him. And I go, did you hit this drive out here on purpose? He goes, yeah, of course I did. He goes, That's the only way I can get my Jack Daniels. <laughs> He's leading the tournament. And he purposely hit it 30 yards out into the jungle. <laughs> it was so funny. But that's the kind of crap that goes on out in the mini tours. Yeah, I can only imagine. Perfectly illegal, but uh, we do it. <laughs> All righty, Brad, so, quickly here. Oh, you're still going on? I love yeah. it. Keep it going. Well, what do you want to hear? What's going on? All There's right. Too many stories. Uh, no, this too is perfect. Stories. We might have to do a segment, too. This is awesome. Um, I have to ask before we go into our uh, segment questions from the gallery, uh, what are you doing now? Because Eric Howarchuk tells me you were driving the beer cart. <laughs> Only when that good-looking brunette's on the <laughs> driving, I am. But uh, no, you know, I I coach. I'm I'm working on getting off the range and doing boutique uh, boutique corporate outings. Um, uh, I have a golf app, and I'm also involved. Um, uh, oh, he's Canadian. He's by the way, I dated a girl from where you guys are. Um, Whereabouts? Regina, right? Whereabouts? Uh, Regina. I don't. Oh, Regina. Know, I don't remember. Regina. Or Regina. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It rhymes with yeah. Yeah, the city that and, rhymes with uh, fun. Yeah. Brad, you're a bad yeah. boy. Yeah. Yeah, she was a doll. Uh, but, uh, Mike, Mike Vanderjack, the punt, the punted for the the Colts and Dallas. He's got a fantastic thing called Slap on it. And he's got a lot of big uh, professional athletes involved in it. And so I'm, I'm a busy guy. i got a lot going on right now. So where can people find uh, your app, Brad? Uh, it's, uh, well... And what's it called? It's, uh, it's BGG, Big Game Golf. But it's, it's kind of designed for uh, clubs and members at clubs. It's, uh, you can check it out. We're still... Uh, working on it, improving it, but it's been on the App Store, I think, a year. So, I, uh, it's changed from what I originally wanted to do, but that's what happens. Absolutely. When the guy with the money makes a decision. <laughs> but yeah, I, I still teach, uh, you know, and help some younger guys, and gosh, all I see is, I tell you what, the mini tour guys, you know, you watch professional golf right and you listen to brandle and all these guys and they talk about distance wait wait till these mini tour guys right now and maybe a couple of years from now get out there it's they're, they're all going to hit it like uh dechambeau yeah uh, last year i played in a mini tour event with these young guys and i'm number one i'll get this kid he's six six in my group and i'm an old guy and i tagged it down the middle par five and this guy is driving his own cart. He's driving up the cart path like 100 yards past me. I'm like, what the hell? It must be his ball must hit the cart path. <laughs> nope. Walks out in the middle of the fairway. I'm like, there is no way he hit that ball there. So I turned around and shot a laser of the guys on the tee. I hit it 308. Turned around and shot him 77 yards past me. Oh, my. Yeah, they're nuts nowadays. That's 285 or 385. This guy didn't have any more than a nine iron into par fives, and that was last year. You know, every year this, and then I just sit in the range and watch these guys. They're they're uh, 
it sounds crazy, but I think in a yeah, couple years, they're good players. Will be hitting at 400 yards. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do, but game's changing, Brad. Well, quickly here, we're going to go into our segment called Questions from the Gallery, sponsored by Divots Indoor Golf. Divots is the place to oh be. Boy. It's Indoor Golf Center that's located in Regina, Saskatchewan on Rossdale Boulevard. What what better way to keep your game up to par than playing all year round, even if it is indoors? They got music, food, bevies, and so much to offer. So come on down to Divots today and play some golf. Alrighty, these are kind of quick questions here, Brad. And like I said, I think we should have you on again because this has been so much fun. I think that you have a lot more to tell. Um, but these are kind of more these so. These won't incriminate me in any way. Will they? <laughs> well, no, you didn't say anything too bad, so you're okay. Um, right. <laughs> first question here, rapid fire here, low round. Sixty. Competitive or fun? Yeah. <laughs> well, either way, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, actually, I never went to bed all night. Because I, I did some work, never went to bed, and they called me to play. I shot uh, 60. Uh, competitively, I shot sick. 52. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well. I didn't want to play. They made me. Wow. 62 in South Africa. All right. The funniest thing Kevin Costner said to you? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Now, Cheech is a different story. All right. Kevin? What, nothing. What did Cheech say? The funniest oh, thing. Oh, well, Cheech is just freaking everything he says. He's hilarious. <laughs> he's just a funny guy. He, he, we, we went to a strip club one night because the, in the movie, they're in a strip club. Yeah, yeah. And we went back. <laughs> I went back with uh, Cheech, and it was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll swing that question then. What is the... Um, the most ignorant, rude thing Kevin said to you. There's got to be something there. Well, I would just say, hey, well, I'll do you a little. I'll show his arrogance. I'll tell a 10-second story and show his arrogance. When I did the seven iron shots, I had to wear his clothes, right? Like off his back? I wear his clothes when I was hitting the seven iron. So yeah, yeah, but you had to wear them like off his back, though, like, like not washed or just like were they washed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm in a cart driving up to where they're doing the film, and the director sent his assistant to me and told me to get the hell out of there. Don't you dare let Kevin see you in his clothes. He will freak out. <laughs> I almost got fired because <laughs> I was wearing his clothes. I'm like, you ordered me to. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty arrogant. Funniest actor from Go Tin ahead. Cup. Is what? Uh, the funniest actor from Tin Cup, and you can't say Cheech. I can't say Cheech. The funniest actor. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, the big heavy set guy in his gang. You know, he had a group of groupies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a heavy set guy. You'd have to see it, movie, but he was a really funny guy. There were some great guys. Actually, the bald guy that kept saying winner, winner, chicken dinner yeah. is a massive, massive actor. He did ended up doing all kinds of big time movies, and he's on uh, I think MI uh, Miami uh, CSI Miami, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's he's a huge actor now, but yeah, nothing exciting there. <laughs> Favorite beverage <laughs> after golf, Brad? Uh, double gin tonic, two lines. Hold the press, love it. Uh, oh, let's do one here. 
Have you ever, well, obviously you dated a girl from Regina, Saskatchewan. Just kidding, it's Regina. Uh, have oh, you... I got a great story about her. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It was all about how to spell Saskatchewan. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear the story. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In her shower, in her bath shower, glass shower, I can't believe I'm saying this, but there's these cubicles where she put her T-shirts and, and sweatshirts, and she said, if I had never spelled it right, she wouldn't kiss me. And I'm like, getting so frustrated because I couldn't never spell Saskatchewan. So I saw her sweatshirt, and she had Saskatchewan on the sweatshirt. So I turned it around and let it hang out of that cubicle, and I'm in the shower, and she comes in, and she asked me to spell Saskatchewan, so I'm looking over at her sh- over her shoulder, <laughs> reading her sweatshirt, <laughs> and I'm spelling it like a five-year-old spelling a spelling bee. She caught me. So, but, hey. where'd you meet her? In Regina? Uh, no, I didn't. I haven't been to Central. I, you know that part of the country no no she she uh i can't say much i met her down here okay okay fair enough fair enough we'll leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) and you know what i still can't spell saskatchewan (laughs) here want to try right now you can try it it's pretty easy (laughs) fc i think is all i remember c Uh, no i'm terrible yeah well you forgot the first four letters sask and then because it incriminated greatly. So, yeah, we'll leave that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it was a gay nightclub he was in, but uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyone who can... <laughs> All righty. All right. Okay, Brad, I'm going right. to ask my uh, my producer here, Dan, you any questions here at all or no? No, he's got nothing here. Okay, so here's the thing. We're going to get okay. you back on here uh, at some point down the road here because uh, this has been so much fun. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show, and I hope you enjoyed it. I did enjoy it very much. You guys, are, I hope to meet you someday. Absolutely. Well, we're down here in Regina, and uh, we can have some more fun down here. I am not going to Regina. <laughs> you guys need to come to Scottsdale. Okay. Uh, you book. Uh, you take care of our flights, and uh, we'll figure it out. I'll talk to Eric on that one, <laughs> and then uh, we'll all go party. All right. Sounds great, right. Brad. Take care. Take care, boys. Coors Light is the official light beer of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's also the official beer of watching 2013 reruns, catching up on video calls, and wearing the same sweats as you did yesterday. Visit your local retailer for great prices on 18, 24, 36 can packs. Coors Light, made to chill. Alrighty, there it is, episode 47 with Brad Britton. Um, I had a lot of fun there, Rev, were you? Yeah, that was uh, it was hilarious. He had lots of great stories, and the guy was hilarious the whole time. So thanks for the Brad for coming on. Yeah, I didn't think uh, you know that he started slower, and like I think he's kind of getting a feel for us. And then he really opened up and you know told, told a lot of funny stories, and just even talking about you know Kevin Costner and you know Rena Russo and you know Cheech, Talk Don Johnson, Regina. yeah Regina Saskatchewan. Or Saskatchewan, and he still can't spell it to this day. So he <laughs> was off to a terrible start when he started with SC. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Brad has a lot of good insight on the golf, the golf game. He still teaches. He's you know good buddies with Gary McCord, who's a legend. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun today. Yeah, we should definitely try and get him on again because that was that was awesome. Thanks, Brad, for coming on. 
Yeah, you know, like, it just seems like every week we start getting a better and better guest every week. Yep. Better and better. It's better and better every week. And you know what? We're we're going to spoil the fans right now listening right now. We got uh, a beauty on next week. Episode 48 will be featuring JoJo Mason, Ooh. the country singer. It's from Regina, too. Good really? Regina boy. From Regina. Yep. You sure about that? Saskatchewan. No, he's from Regina. I know that. You sure? Oh, yeah. All right. We'll put a poll out and we'll see what everyone says. I think he's from BC. But we're gonna find out. Ah, uh, maybe I'm wrong. We're gonna find <laughs> out. We're gonna put on the poll. Anyhow, Troy's not here today, so Troy, this has been fun today. And Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, man, it's good. To, uh, it's been a while since I've been here, but I'm happy to be back. Always a pleasure, Dan. Take care. Peace. See you, Dan. Bye. Alrighty, folks. Episode 47. Check it out. It's now. It's up. It's have a great Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Peace. See ya.